Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our Sunday service held on August 28th, 2022. To find out how to join us and for more general information, please go to www.stjamesleith.org.uk. A warm welcome to you all. The service, the theme uh, is the hungry coat and we're looking at um, extending our welcome to people and we do have some visitors uh, in church. Um, uh, Dami, who I don't know if Dami's here. She might have. Ah, hi. Dami has uh, arrived in Edinburgh from Nigeria about five days ago and is working at large. So a warm welcome to you to, uh, from us all. And I think we have uh, Ginny, friend of the Jackwits, is that right, uh, from Glasgow, and uh, Sarah, who's local here. So it's lovely to have you. Uh, and it's great to have people back on screen. Um, we really missed you last week. And I think we do have a visit. Sorry. Look over there. Yeah, I just, I suppose, I'm, so that I can see who's on screen. <laughs> but anyway, it's lovely to have you. Uh, the camera, I think, is here and at the back. That camera's not working, so we want to wave to those on screen. And I think we might have some visitors. Is it um, uh, Chico Dili? Say hello. I don't know if you can hear us. Hi. Nice to see you at home. But a warm welcome to any visitors, uh, people from all over, um, rather overseas, lots of people. A lovely welcome to you all this morning. <laughs> So we're going to start our service uh, in the usual way, just to have a, a moment's quiet to prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. And I'll light uh, the candle in church and invite those people at home uh, to light their candles so that we're joined together with all the churches that are happening in people's homes as well as here. So if uh, you could ring the singing bowl. Oh 
Trusting in God's forgiveness, let us now in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. Come home to yourselves and to each other. And may all that is unfreeing be released. And may you blossom into a future graced with love. Amen. Amen. This morning is taken from James chapter 2 verses 1 to 9. My friends, if you have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, you won't treat some people better than others. Suppose a rich person wearing fancy clothes and a gold ring comes to one of your meetings. And suppose a poor person dressed in worn out clothes also comes. You must not give the best seat to the one in the fancy clothes and tell the one who is poor to stand at the side or sit on the floor. This is the same as saying that some people are better than others. And you would be acting like a crooked judge. My dear friends, pay attention. God has given a lot of faith to the poor people in this world. God has also promised them a share in his kingdom that he will give to everyone who loves him. You mistreat the poor, but it isn't, but isn't, sorry, isn't it the rich who boss you around and drag you off to court? Aren't they the ones who make fun of your Lord? You will do all right if you obey the most important law in the scriptures. It is the law that commands us to love others as much as we love ourselves. But if you treat some people better than others, you have done wrong, and the scriptures teach that you have sinned. Well, thank you, um, music group, for getting that party vibe going today, um, because our stories were about parties and inviting people and when I read the readings I thought I'd like to tell everyone a story one of my favorite stories and it's called the hungry coat okay not goat coat <laughs> and I'll just If anyone wants to come and have a look at the lovely illustrations, come and see me afterwards. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, but I love stories. 
I really love stories. And of course, I'm not alone because Jesus loved stories too. And so that's why I want to share this story with you this morning. Now, it's not a story from this country. It's a story from Turkey. Okay, so are you sitting comfortably? Have a bit of a wriggle. <laughs> then I will begin. Now, it'll be really good if the children can come and help me tell this story. So if you could come forward. Um, and I also need your help as well. When I say, when I say, and Nazratin said, I need you to say, eat coat eat okay let's practice and nazratin said eat coat eat okay nazratin said eat coat eat oh you're very good you're very good okay now my voice isn't the best so listen carefully once upon a time in turkey there lived a funny little wise man named Nazratin Hocker. He wore a huge white turban and a worn-out coat. And here's the coat here, okay? And it's made of patches upon patches, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but I bet you have one of those things you like wearing because it's comfortable. Might not be the best-looking thing. Might have seen better days, but it's comfortable. And that's what Nazarene was wearing today. He's wearing his old coat. It was comfortable. It was comfortable like an old friend. Okay, so riding about on his little grey donkey, he liked to help whomever he could. You can come and see the pictures. So yeah, you can gather around. That's grand. Okay. Whoa. One day, Nazarene Hocker heard a great commotion inside a caravansary, which is a hostel for travellers. A frisky goat had got inside the kitchen and it was kicking and prancing. And she was breaking all the dishes, knocking over all the pots and pans and spilling all the cooking oil. The cook was screaming and a few travellers were tripping in the oil as they tried to catch the goat. Can you see that? Look, look at that one. There's one lying right on the lat on his back. Because he loved goats so much, Nazratin always carried something in his pocket. Now, does one of you want to see what's in, in the pocket and lift it out and see what it is? You can just see it there and show it to everyone. Oh, it slipped down. All right, look, hold it up then. It's an apple, yeah. So he quickly took out the apple and he cut it in, hold it up for everyone to see, yeah. And he cut it into little pieces and he lined up the pieces so that the little goat nibbled to the last piece and Nazratin was able to, to catch her. Gently, Nazratin put her little goat back into her pen, and everyone cheered. The caravansaray owner invited Nazratin to eat with the other travellers, but Nazratin said no, because, you see, he was on his way to a party at the home of a rich friend. 
Nazratin trotted off on his donkey, waving to all, and he was happy to help. But he was so late now that he realised he would not have time to change his coat, which, as we know, was worn out and it had patches upon patches. But now it was also oily, greasy, and guess what? It smelt of, of goat. Not very nice. So when he got to his friend's house, his friends opened the door to Nazaretin and he was shocked. He was afraid that the other guests would laugh at him for being friends with such a shabby, smelly man. Nazaretin simply jumped off his donkey, he hugged his friend and he joined the party. He was so happy to be among friends that for a while he did not notice that something very strange was happening. No one was facing him. All the guests were holding their noses and they turned their back towards him. And when the servants brought the dinner into the room, the food was served to everyone but him. Before long, Nazratin was left sitting alone with nothing at all to eat and nobody was talking to him. Some, he tried to start a conversation by yelling to a guest because they were at the other end of the room. But no one listened and no one responded. Nazratin looked thoughtfully at his friends. Each man was scrubbed until he glistened. Each one was wearing the best coat. Then Nazratin looked down at his own coat, which was worn out with patches upon patches, oily, dirty, and of course smelling of goat. So very quickly and quietly, Nazratin slipped out of the door. He mounted his little donkey and he began trotting home when he had an idea. When he got home, Nazratin jumped into a tub of hot water he poured in a whole jar of perfume-soaked crystals and he scrubbed himself until he glistened and the whole room was filled with bubbles. And I wish you could see this picture. Come and see it later. But there is Nazratin in his bathroom, beautifully tiled, with the goat, with, sorry, with his donkey, having a bath. Having a bath. <laughs> okay. Do come and have a look at the pictures afterwards. Nazratin dried himself off, he powdered himself, and then he put on his new curly shoes and with tasseled toes, a magnificent new turban, and with sparkling jewels and a fine new coat of shining red silk with golden threads, he was ready now. This will work. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Nazratin preened himself before a mirror. Never had he been so completely well dressed. Never had anyone worn a coat as beautiful and as fine as this. How fine he looked. 
Nasrutin strutted out of his house. Everyone nodded respectfully as he swaggered along the street, heading back to his rich friend's house. And when he got there, a servant ushered Nasrutin into the banqueting hall and his smiling host immediately served him food and drink. And everyone smiled and nodded at Nasrutin. What a fine figure he made. Nasrutin was the most popular man at the banquet. And on the front of your, your service sheets, there's a tiny little picture of everyone sitting round at the banquet. So then Nasrutin did something rather strange. And this is where I need your help, everyone. Okay. And do you remember what you've got to say? Nasrutin said? Very good. So what do you think Nasrutin did? Well, he picked up a fine lamb chop. Okay, can you hold it up and show everybody? Yeah? And he didn't put it in his mouth. He put it inside his coat. And when he put it inside, Nazratin said, Eat, eat. Okay. Then he picked up some fried fish in vine leaves and some roasted aubergines. There, do you want to put it in? There you go. And, he's, and Nazratin said, Eat, eat. Nazratin scooped up some pilaf rice in a big blue bowl. And opening his coat, he said, He picked up slices of chicken stewed in rose water. And he said, Then he picked up some cake, some flavoured jelly, some ice cream. Can you pick one up too? And he said, He picked up some pomegranates, some oranges, apples and pears. And he said, He picked up some figs and some dates. Testing everyone here. <laughs> and some sticky the clava. And he said, All of this food Nazratin stuffed into his bulging coat, shouting, And finally, Nazratin opened his coat once more and poured in a whole bottle of wine. <laughs> then, closing his coat, as best as he could by then, Nazratin patted his belly and smiled at his host. Excuse me. <coughs> All the guests were amazed. What was Nazratin doing? At last, the alarmed host said, Tell me, my old friend, why are you feeding your coat? Surely, said Nazratin, you wanted my coat to eat. 
Nasratin said, because when I first arrived in my old coat made of patches upon patches, there was no food for me. Yet, when I came back in this new coat, there was every kind of food for me. This shows that it was the coat and not me that you invited to your banquet. Remember this, my friends, said Nazratin Hocker. If you want to look deeply, look at the man and not his coat. You can change the coat, but you cannot change the man. A coat may be fine, but a coat does not make a man. Outside, a man may wear a sheepskin, but inside, he may have the heart of a wolf. Many a good man can be found under a shabby coat. With coats, new is best, but with friends, old is best. Everyone cheered. The wisdom of Nasratin Hocker calls for celebration, exclaimed the, the host. Music and fireworks resounded, and everyone danced under the stars of heaven. <laughs> so that teaches us about who we should and shouldn't maybe invite to our parties. So we're going to sing a song now. by Demi. I think it's a wonderful folk story that makes a point that kind of what James was saying in our reading. And it challenges us, I think, to examine our own judgments about people. Gold rings, fine coats, fancy clothes. Do we give them more credit than perhaps we should? Is it, uh, is perhaps it's subconscious rather than conscious? 
Are we favouring those that look like us, sound like us, act like us? Sometimes it's easy to do just that. But we're asked to love our neighbours. And it doesn't say love the well-dressed ones. It doesn't say love those that look just like you. We're asked to love all our neighbours. And so that's a good question for us. How are we doing? How are we loving our neighbours? It's a reminder that we must treat all people alike. It doesn't matter what they look like, what they're wearing, how they speak. All people are created in God's image and are precious in his sight and they're precious in ours too. All are invited to God's party and all should be welcome, strangers and friends. So with this in mind, it's a good time, I think, to ask ourselves questions. How can we be more open? How can we be more welcoming in our homes, in our jobs, when we're at school, in our church, and in our hearts? And with that in mind, let us pray. Open-armed God, you host us at your table and bid us to welcome others in turn. Help us to love our neighbours as ourselves, to be less judging and more loving. Help us to know what it is that it is it, what is in the inside that counts, not the outside. Open our hands, our eyes, and our hearts to the strangers in our midst and help us to welcome them as you have welcomed us. Amen. Hope of all hopes, God of new life, of resurrection, we come before you now, our hearts rejoicing because you are a God that welcomes all, whose arms are wide enough to accept all who come to you, to love all who come to you, to have table fellowship to all people, breaking down many of the social barriers of your day. And as Joe prayed, may we, as a community here, widen our embrace open our arms and hearts to invite more people to our services, to all that we do here. But God, in our joy and our hope, we feel the darkness of our world. We see the cost of living crisis affecting so many 
in our own country, but people living in poverty throughout our world. We see forced migration, refugees, homeless, away from their cultures and homes. We see violence and wars, oppressed people, effects of climate change. We ask, loving God, that the world may know your healing presence in that darkness and that your light would stay alive in it, that you would comfort and strengthen those in despair and bring life out of death. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. A mysterious one, you walk among us, but we do not always recognize you in our midst. Open our eyes to you. Open our ears and our hearts that we may see you at work in our midst, in the world at large, in our city, and in our community. Lord, have mercy. Source of all power, we pray for our leaders and the leaders of the world at large, that they may too recognize you in unexpected places, that instead of vying for power, they may strive to work for justice in our world. We pray for leaders who recognize the value of life and who are courageous enough to stand up to the abuses of human rights and have empathy for those struggling to make ends meet. We especially pray for prophets to help lead people in reimagining a new world built on compassion and justice. Lord, have mercy here. Maker of the universe, as the world around us bursts into life over the summer, we rejoice in your creation. We rejoice in all the arts and festivities and theater and music and comedy and dance, all the incredible creativeness that has come to our city. And we pray for nature and our creation and ask that you would help us to be good stewards of our home, the earth, that we so often take for granted. May we, with awe and wonder, care for your creation, care for the land, the water, the air that sustain and nourish us. Lord, in your mercy. Source of comfort and peace. We ask that you would be with all those who suffer. And we lift up in a moment's quiet all who have lost loved ones through illness and old age, disaster or violence. And we pray especially for those who have lost family and friends in uh, the war in Ukraine and other parts of the world where there is violence and oppression. And we ask for your comfort and peace in the face of fear and anger and grief of loss. And again, in a moment's quiet, we lift before you those who are close to us, 
who we know are in need of prayer. Light of the world, you hear all our prayers, those spoken aloud and those whispered in the silence of our hearts. Cast your light upon those that we've prayed on, gracious one. Amen. So unfortunately the uh, candle's gone out, but hopefully the light's <laughs> still alive in our hearts. But just, uh, just to follow on from uh, what Joe was saying, that lovely, lovely story, um, Jesus, it's amazing, that never actually refused anyone. And I think the church, we kind of put all these barriers in place and say you have to do this and that before you can receive communion or this and that. And uh, our communion is open to all, to all visitors. Uh, so please partake. Loving God, thank you for opening your arms and feeding us. And help us to open our arms and feed those who we come into contact with. Widen our embrace and our hearts. Amen. Amen.